Today's audio blog sermon is entitled, Help Me, Lord! What I Really Need is Purpose. There were two friends that rented a boat and fished in a lake every day. One day, they caught the mother load, 30 fish. One guy said to his friend, Mark this spot so we can come back here tomorrow. The next day, when they were driving to rent the boat, the same guy asked his friend, Did you mark that spot? The friend said, Yeah, I put a big X on the bottom of the boat. The first one said, You numbskull! How could you be so stupid? What were you thinking? Now what happens if we don't get the same boat today? Haha, <laughs> well, just two friends, adrift and directionless. Many today view their own life as being adrift and directionless. You've probably heard of Ernest Hemingway. He wrote a lot. Well, he wrote this. Life is just a dirty trick, a short journey from nothingness to nothingness. Wow. He was considered a man's man, a bullfighter, a master novelist, an intellectual giant. But even he was eventually driven to the point of such purposelessness. That, on one sunny Sunday morning, he erased his own life from this world with one shot. Leo Tolstoy wrote, What is life for? To die? To kill myself at once? No, I am afraid. To wait for death till it comes? I fear even that more. Then I must live. But what for? In order to die. And I could not escape from that circle. That was out of his book, War and Peace. Leo Tolstoy was also known as a man's man, a master novelist, an intellectual giant, who had more readers during his lifetime than anyone before him in history. He actually found purpose in a faith in God. There was purpose in Jesus' life. Jesus helps us to understand that God has a purpose for each of us. When in John chapter 4, verse 34, he said, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. This understanding of fulfilling the purpose of his life, of doing the will of his Father, enabled Jesus to endure all things, even death on a cross. Look at John 19, verses 28 to 30 with me. It says this in the New International Version. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and lifted it up to Jesus' lips. When he received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Only once his work was completed. When he could say, It is finished, did he give up his spirit. The purpose kept his spirit up. It kept him going right up to the finish line before he gave up. The power of his life was a power of purpose. You might say, well, that was Jesus. God has a purpose for every one of our lives. 
As a matter of fact, Psalm 57, 2, David wrote, I cry out to God, most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. There is a power of purpose in life. And I'm going to give you a short outline today. Number one, a purpose will motivate you. You could write those words down. A purpose will, number one, motivate you. When we have a purpose in life, it will give great motivation because it will work on us in two ways. A, we work on the purpose, and B, the purpose works on us. Sometimes we can hardly know what is providing the motivations for us, whether it is the dream that is working on us or us working on the dream. J.C. Penney even said, Give me a stock clerk with a goal, and I'll give you someone who will make history. Give me someone without a goal, and I will give you a stock clerk. And there's something about a goal that motivates us. If you don't believe me, the next time you go to a bowling alley, just tell the manager that you're just there for the fellowship. You just want to enjoy your friends so you can go ahead and remove those funny little white-shaped things at the end of the alley. You just want to throw the ball down the alley. No pins are necessary. <laughs> See how many times you'll throw that ball down the alley when there are no pins down there. Those pins are your motivation. They are the feedback that tells you how you're doing and what adjustments maybe you need to make. Not only, number one, was the purpose to motivate you, number two, a purpose will help you keep your priorities balanced. A purpose will help you keep your priorities balanced. A purpose helps you to distinguish between the important and the unimportant. When we forget the ultimate, we become a slave to the immediate. Do you know what I mean? If we don't have our eyes on the future and where we are going and the priorities that we need to have to be able to get there, we will become bound as a slave to things that are just the immediate necessities, things that just catch our attention in the moment. J. Wilbur Chapman once said, Temptation is the tempter looking through the keyhole into the room where we are living. Sin is your drawing back the deadbolt and making it possible for him to enter. You can't avoid someone coming to your door and looking in through your little keyhole, but you can control the deadbolt. Know what I mean? Thirdly, a purpose will help you develop your potential. Develop your potential. Not only will it motivate you and help you to keep your priorities balanced, but a purpose will help you develop your potential. You are responsible to God to develop the potential of the talent that he has given to you. This isn't a light responsibility, by the way. What will he say about the way you've developed the talent that he gave you? Well, in Matthew, as Jesus was telling the story about the talents that were given, he responded to one, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. 
I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. That's in Matthew chapter 25. But there's also another part of it. Or will the Lord see the talent that he gave to you and it was never put to use for his work and say, you wicked, lazy servant, take the talent from him. Throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God wants us to develop the potential that he placed within us. He gave us talents for our purposes as well as his purposes blended together. Fourthly, a fourth purpose, part of this purpose process, is that a purpose will give you power to live in the present. Now, there's a lot of differences in thinking about living in the present, but I tell you what, there is purpose which gives you power to live in the present. Viktor Frankl was a psychologist, psychiatrist in Vienna, Austria, when World War II broke out. He was placed in the two worst death camps that existed. Only one out of 20 people that entered those camps ever came out alive. He noticed that when people were stripped of everything that was distinguishable feature about those who survived, they all had some purpose for which they had to survive. If they were going to survive, when they were stripped of everything, uh, the only ones that did survive were those with purpose. In the death camps, inmates would explain that they no longer expected anything from life. And he would tell those inmates that they kind of had it backwards. Viktor Frankl actually said, life is expecting something from them. Life, expecting something from them. What are they going to do with what they have? While in a short-term missions trip, Pastor Jack Hinton from the New Bern, North Carolina, was leading a worship time at a leper colony on the island of Tobago. There was time for one more song, so he asked if anybody had a request. One woman, who had been facing away from the pulpit, turned around toward him and said, Overcome with emotion, it was the most hideous face I'd ever seen, Hinton said. The woman's nose and ears were entirely gone. The disease had destroyed her lips as well. She lifted a fingerless hand in the air and asked, Can we sing Count Your Many Blessings? Pastor Hinton was so overcome with emotion that he actually had to leave the service. He was followed by a team member who said, Jack, I guess you'll never be able to sing that song again. He goes, oh, yes, I will. But I'll never sing it the same way again. Number five, a purpose will also help you to evaluate your progress. Evaluate progress. You know, you can go through life and never have any idea whether or not you're on target or not. One of the things that can really be discouraging is to look at your life up to this point and not really be sure whether or not you have accomplished anything at all, whether or not you have made a difference, whether or not you have made a contribution to anything significant. But when you live for a purpose, 
you can then evaluate the progress. You can see the steps that you have taken to accomplish that which God has given you to do. If you have no real purpose for your life, what is it that you are accomplishing? What are you all about anyway? What is the purpose of your life? Get finished with the work that you have so that you can sit and relax and enjoy what God does through you. I always say this at the end of my sermons. It's a pretty simple two-word phrase. It says, so what? There's different things that you've heard in this sermon, but I want you to think, so what, about those things that have impacted your life? Ask yourself, what will people say your life was all about when you were gone? What about that dash between the years on your tombstone? Will what you are living to do extend beyond your life? Will it have any impact on eternity or on others who are looking forward to an eternity? Have you got a hold of God's purpose for your life? And are you living that out? Let me, in closing, just give you a couple of practical steps on living how to live these purposes out in your life. Let's look at God's Word. The very first practical step to living on purpose is, number one, put God first. I love the way that Paul writes this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Because you only know God's purpose and fulfill his purpose when you have really put your trust in him and you have let him be first. Listen to what Paul wrote in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It comes about when we put God first. Second practical step to living on purpose is having faith to believe that God has a purpose for you. I'm going to give you some verses that you can look up if you want to when you're available. So if you have a pencil and you want to write these down, feel free to do so. John chapter 10, verse 3. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. It requires faith to believe what Romans 8.28 states, that we have been called according to His purpose. This does take faith. We are continually bombarded with the assumption that human beings are just a chance distillation of random genetic mutations scattered over billions of years. But the scripture is abundantly clear that God has a purpose and a plan for you. How do we know? Listen to these things. He knows your name. John 10, verse 3. He knows how many hairs are on your head. Luke 12, verses 6 and 7. 
You know, it's interesting. He has even assigned a number to each one of them. He knows every one of them. Also, he has arranged for you to be in his church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. I mentioned that scripture before. He also has a specific purpose for your life. I love Psalms 138.8, which says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. He will do it. We just have to be a part of it. He also has a purpose to prosper you. Jeremiah 29, verses 11 to 13. He has called you to that purpose. Romans 8, 28, which I referred to earlier. He has been working. He has been working. As a matter of fact, in Philippians 2, verse 13, it says, In you to will and to act according to his good pleasure and purpose. Romans 12, 6-8 also says, He has gifted you to accomplish His purpose. Then He has prepared the way for you to accomplish His purpose. Ephesians 2.10 literally says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's already prepared the way, and he's wanting to accomplish his purpose in us. The third part is don't be content to live for worthless things. Mark 8, 34. Obey Jesus when he says this. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Stop living for worthless things, things that will not outlast your life. Only one life to live will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Maybe you've heard that comment, those statements. Fourthly, pray every day for the fulfillment of God's purpose in your life. Every day I go through these passages that I've just listed for you and, and make it my prayer with thanksgiving that God's will and purpose will be accomplished in and through me that day. So the sermon today, help me, Lord, what I really need is purpose, is based on his word. There is so much of his word that I put in here for you to look up. I hope that you will choose to do that and recognize that God does have purpose for you. Trust him today. Follow him today. Live for him today, and I know that you will enjoy him today.